happy, 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 happy Mother's Day. Good morning. This is Mari Juliet with the Evolution of Confidence podcast. And I'm so happy that you're here because today we're going to go into depth all about being a mom, uh, being a working mom, being a stay-at-home mom, and how society affects our ability to make money, um, how we can navigate those parameters set by society and how we can make a change for our own families and for the families of others. We're all in this together as moms and we all go through some of the same struggles. So it helps to talk to each other and to hear different perspectives. Listen on to find out more about how to navigate being a mother in 2022. I want to start off with a personal story about when I was about seven, eight months pregnant. I was sitting at an open house at one of my listings. It was a little condo, and it was a little slow that day, so I was listening to a podcast about uh, moms in the workforce, about the gender wage gap, and basically what they came to the conclusion on was that even if we make all the efforts in the world to close the, you know, the wage gap between men and women, it really won't move the dial so much because of the fact that women give birth to children, and, you know, that's a a choice of a mom to have a baby or not. Sometimes it's it's not a choice. Sometimes it happens and it's unexpected. Um, however, the societal rules have not really changed as far as making it easier for women to balance being a mom and having a career. Meanwhile, it's much, much more common nowadays to have a dual income household where the mom is working, the dad is working, they're working at the same rate. Meanwhile, the mom has a lot more responsibility on her shoulders. Typically, it's not always the case, Uh, but I do feel like it's not spoken as much about as it should about how to actually navigate this and how to normalize it so that we as moms don't have to feel guilty every day about going to work or not going to work. I know just from speaking to the other moms, you know, in my circle that everyone's kind of on a different path, uh, whether they work part-time, whether they work full-time or not at all. And the one thing that everybody has in common is mom guilt, whether whether they feel like they're not contributing because they are stay-at-home moms or whether they feel like they're not with their child enough because they have to work and they have to provide. So let's dive into that a bit more and get down to the nitty-gritty and the facts of the matter. According to USC economist Emily Nix, despite recent efforts in the last few decades to close the salary gap, the one disparity that persists as a whole is that mothers earn much less after having a child. Not only does their income drop by about 40% in the U.S. right after birth, but the quote-unquote child penalty lingers for years, while fathers don't experience this hit to their income whatsoever. Now, this child penalty can last for five years or more of lower income for a working mother. Now, you might say to me, okay, Mari, well, I don't plan on being a working mom. I'd like to stay at home, and that is my ideal situation. That is amazing. I completely support anybody that is a stay-at-home mom, and I think it's an amazing life to be able to spend that time with your child. However, we do not have a crystal ball in our lives and as much as we can manifest and hope and you know wish something into existence we also need to have a backup plan at the end of the day because it's real life so if you're in a situation and I have many people in my life 
that I know that were in a situation where there were two parents and now it's just them taking on the sole responsibility as the, you know, as the full-time mom, full-time childcare, full-time work paying for their childcare with no assistance, with no child support being paid. There's so many situations where that is the reality. And even if it's not right, and even if it's not right by the courts, there's a lot of moms who are not going to go ahead and keep fighting that battle. Because if a man doesn't want to be in a child's life, you know, you have to think of what's best for the child. And is that more fighting and more stress? Maybe for a mom, it's better off that they deal with the scenario that they're given. So understand that we're speaking from a place of we need to know all of our options nowadays. We're in 2022. Again, it's very popular to have dual income households. And it's amazing when couples can work together. But not everybody is in the mindset of this is the way it should be, where it's totally, totally accepted that a mom, you know, sends her child to daycare within a couple months of having them and feels no guilt and has no backlash from their own family or no backlash from other moms judging them and vice versa. There's also a huge, you know, feeling I'm sure that stay-at-home moms get where they feel maybe like they're looked down on by working moms that are quote-unquote doing it all. Uh, When in reality, none of us have it all figured out. None of us are doing it all. (laughs) Um, When somebody starts asking me, how are you doing all of this? It kind of tells me maybe I'm doing too much. (laughs) So, you know, I don't think that any of us are have full confidence that we are the best mom in the world and that we're balancing things the perfect way. So the more we communicate about it and understand each other's point of view, I think the more progress that we'll have in these issues as a whole. Let's bring the mood up a little bit. Let's talk about some solutions. How can we navigate this? We know the facts. We know the situation we're in. How do we move forward with positivity and move forward with progress? So they did a couple studies to show uh, what worked and what didn't. The one thing that they said did not work was paternity leave. So it became a higher cost to the employer, which we have to think about the employer in this scenario as well. Um, Would you want to pay somebody you know, six months of maternity leave and a father three months of paternity leave with no work in return. I mean, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow for a lot of business owners, and that's understandable. Uh, They did show that the paternity leave did not make any real impact on the income for women. However, the next study that they did was on subsidized child care, so high-quality child support and care, uh, for you know these working mothers, and that actually dropped the income decrease from forty percent to twenty five percent. So that's a pretty big dent in that percentage, uh, based on good quality childcare. Now the problem is a lot of people don't have access to great quality childcare. It is expensive to ch- send your child to daycare. is definitely definitely an expense. However, we need to also have the forethought that if you are planning a family, which not everybody is, but if you are, plan for expenses. You're going to have those extra expenses. I'm pregnant right now. I'm about four months pregnant. Um, I have already started an investment account for my son. Um, I have, you know, put in my budget what the childcare will be for my daughter when I have her. 
I'm kind of in a rock and a hard place because I really like the childcare that I have set up for my son, but I don't know really what I'm going to do as far as a timeline with my daughter when I have her. Um, when I had Landon, it was about a month before the lockdown. So it kind of happened at a time where I was forced to stay home. And that was truly, even in a really bad situation, the reason was terrible, but it gave me basically a maternity leave that I wouldn't have had or would have really given myself had I been able to go out and about and work out in the field. Um, That's just because of my own personality. It's hard for me to be, you know, stuck to one place. And I have clients that need my, you know, attention. And at that time, I did not have a team. I did not have other agents that I could have helped me with my work. So that situation ended up working for Landon. But for my next child, I don't know what I'll do. Um, And, you know, that's just my own personal experience. And it does cause stress to think, you know, okay, I might be working a couple months right after I have the baby and the guilt that comes with that and the judgment that comes with that. I experienced a ton of judgment when I sent my son to daycare and it was, it's really hard on me. I think about it every single day. Like there's not a moment that goes by even me filming. I mean, like making this podcast, I do it in the most time efficient way. I legitimately make these podcasts sitting in my car in between appointments because I feel like if I'm not working heavily, like every moment of the work day and I'm not with my son, I cannot handle the guilt that comes with that. It's like I have to either be working full on or with him full on. And that's not probably the best for someone's mental health. But the fact of the matter is we have so much, you know, put on us that that says that we're not good moms if we're not with our child 24-7. And like the comments from social media, I can't lie and say that it doesn't get to me when someone's like, where's your son? Why aren't you with your son? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And it's none of their business at the end of the day, but I know I'm not alone when I'm talking about that because there's a lot of working moms that are very silent about these issues. And we don't even talk about it amongst each other because at the end of the day, we don't want to be complaining. Um, I think a lot of people, they just don't want to complain and they don't want to give the impression that they're judging other people's decisions, but I think it is important to talk about the trials and tribulations that go with being a working mom or being a stay-at-home mom because it's just talking about the realities of the situation. Um, But what we can do, the solution, is to be more open about childcare, be more open about the different types of childcare. I feel like it's really not spoken about that much and I want to learn like I want to learn more about the different types of schooling the different types of you know what works for me what doesn't I I always want to hear about people's experiences with nannies I ask people a lot about that um, because it's something that I've thought about but I've never actually hired a nanny but you know there's things that are scary about that too there's you don't know who the people are so I think that the conversation is so important and I want to talk more about solutions that we can implement into our daily lives. Now, women as a whole, we need to understand that victimizing ourselves and sitting on this information 
and ruminating on it and feeling sorry for ourselves is really, really, really not going to get us individually anywhere. Um, I know as a whole, it can feel like, okay, I'm supporting the cause if I'm, you know, a bleeding heart about it and I'm constantly in support of the cause, which is great. But at the end of the day, individually, you need to look out for your life, for your career, for your family, and understand that having children and setting up that life where you know you're going to be a working mom, plan for that. Be an asset at your company. Show up at 120% with whatever you're doing. You cannot fake hard work and you cannot replace hard work. Should the mother that is busting their ass and working long hours and working after the baby goes to bed and putting in that time make the same amount as a mom who is taking, you know, a ton of time off to be with their kids. I mean, of course, like it's somebody's choice, but we can't expect the two extremes to make the same amount. And if you're going into it with a realistic mindset of if I work for a company and I want to make the same amount of money or get a promotion after I have a child at that company, I need to show that I'm an asset up until that point. And when I come back, I can't slack. I can't be at 50% because I have a child. That is the fact of the matter. Like that is just reality. Um, Day to day, like I definitely push myself where I'm like, I could just take a nap right now and I probably should. But if I have clients that need my attention, they don't care that I didn't get sleep the the previous night because my baby was up all night. They don't care about that at all. They care about their money and they care about the deal getting done. And my excuses and my, you know, the different aspects of my life truly have nothing to do with the business side. And we do have to separate the two. Um, A lot of times it gets like kind of muddy water where you feel like you can open up about those things in the workplace but then people will see you a little bit differently where they'll think oh you know can she really handle it if she has two kids that are under two and you know I need her to do this that and the other thing you can prove to them that you can do it and here's how show them how responsible you are now that you're a mom show them how organized you are and how you, you can multitask There's so many positives that come with becoming a mom uh, that provide a ton of structure in your life. I know that when I got pregnant, I had the instant like feeling of, oh my God, my career is over. Oh my God, my career is completely over. This is the height of my career and I'm getting pregnant and it's done and I'm not going to be able to work. Is that rational? No, but when you have never had a child and you really don't know what to expect, it can definitely feel that way. And I can't lie and say that I was not having an internal crisis going on while I was pregnant because I was so scared of losing my career. Because my career is very important to me, and I know it's important to a lot of women, and sometimes you feel guilty even saying that. Like, It's like society wants you to only care about being a mother and nothing else. (laughs) You know, like it's okay to care about your career and your kids. And it's okay to have your career time and your child time. Like the best way that I navigate through being a working mom 
and this really, really has worked for me and I am diligent about it, is having that separate time that's like scheduled where these few hours in the morning, it's just Landon and I playing, washing cars, like doing whatever he wants to do without phones. We'll play music, but I'm not like taking content. I'm not you know, taking pictures of him because at the end of the day, like he wants my attention. He wants my undivided attention. So I'm going to give him that when I'm not working. Then once the clock starts, like I'm working, that's dedicated to work time. Then when I pick him up again, it's quality time with he and I. Now, does that always happen that way? No, of course I get client calls after, you know, five o'clock where it's seven thirty at night and I'm trying to put him to bed and a client is calling me and it's kind of urgent and I have to get it and all these things. I'm really lucky that my husband is in the picture and he is a really great dad and he's super attentive. So when, you know, I need him to cover for me, then he's there. But, you know, the responsibility does fall more on my shoulders. So it's something to anticipate, but it doesn't mean that it's something to fear because there are so many, so many, so many positives that have come out of me becoming a mom and my business doubled when I was pregnant and tripled after I had my son, uh, which is not at all what I anticipated whatsoever, but I really do feel like the structure gives us a lot of power. And if we focus more on the power that it gives us, than the things that hold us back because we have children, then I think that we can make a lot of forward motion and show more of our value instead of kind of victimizing ourselves because of our situation. Because at the end of the day, is it going to change that women have kids and men don't? No. So we can't expect it to be exactly equal across the board. Maybe in the future it'll be a lot better. But for right now, you have to work with what you have, plan for what's coming, and make it work for your life. I'd like to conclude this episode with five reasons why being a mom can skyrocket your career. I want everybody after listening to this episode to feel empowered, to feel like we know the realities of the situation of being a woman and being a mom in this society, but here are the tools and the reasons why it's actually a positive and that we can actually make more money after having children. First of all, you prioritize constantly. Think about the times when you just had your baby and you had to put them down for a nap and you say, okay, do I shower today? Do I take a nap today? Or do I answer some emails today? What are my priorities? We are constantly prioritizing our time as moms and multitasking. That's number one. Number two, you have empathy and understanding, which equals a lot of emotional intelligence. Research how much emotional intelligence can help you in your career. I know that before I was a mom, I was very, very uh, stringent and always had a guard up with people and was very um, all about work and nothing else. (laughs) And now that I'm a mom, I can look at people and I can understand their point of view and I can understand what it's like to be a mom and I can have empathy for them and I can connect with them on a deeper level than I could before. And I can't tell you how much that has helped in my career to connect with people because human connection really is everything. 
when it comes to building your business. Number three, you understand the importance of time and time management. Also respecting other people's time. You understand now that your time away from your children is should be succinct and, and is a very precious time that you need to spend wisely. So understanding the importance of your time and others can show a lot of respect to other people and it can also command respect in your own life. Number four, you spend less time getting more done. So when I have scheduled time where I'm going to work, I am maximizing that time. I am writing down, okay, this is gonna take me 20 minutes, this is gonna take me 40 minutes, this is gonna take me 30 minutes, and so on, and then I'm back to get my son. So it's so true. I think it was Elon Musk that said something like this. I'm gonna butcher this quote, but it was something like, if you give yourself four hours to get something done, it will take you four hours. If you give yourself 40 minutes to get something done, it will take you 40 minutes. And that is the most true statement. If you give yourself so much time to do something, sometimes it just never even gets done. If you really, really give yourself a time limit on completing tasks, you would be amazed at how much you can accomplish in just one day. The last point that I want to end on is that children become a why for a lot of people and they become a driving force. When you're feeling so drained and you're feeling so worn out and you're feeling the guilt and you're feeling like you're failing in other arenas and maybe you're succeeding in one and failing in the other two or maybe you don't have a social life anymore or maybe you're sacrificing so much of yourself in those moments of doubt thinking about your children and thinking about their future and the life that you're creating for them can be the biggest driving source of your energy of your focus of doing things with a results driven mindset and of doing things with purpose i'd like to encourage you to move forward with this week knowing how much power you have as a woman, how much power you have as a mother if you are one or if you plan to be one, to not have to move forward with fear and guilt. And here are some success stories that inspired me. I love listening to success stories of other women because it shows how possible it is for your own life and gives you the idea of, okay, if she can do it, why can't I do it? So number one is Meryl Streep. She actually won her first Oscar in the same year that her first child was born. I mean, come on. Number two is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the second woman in history to sit on the Supreme Court. She actually said, when I started law school, my daughter Jane was 14 months old. I attribute my success in law school largely to Jane. Number three is Viola Davis. Her success actually began later in life after she adopted her daughter Genesis in 2011. Reese Witherspoon became a mom at 22 in 1999 and didn't star in Legally Blonde until 2001 and won an Oscar for her performance in Walk the Line in 2005. 
She's now a mom to three children and is a producer that's very successful, making amazing projects. And stories like this are always very inspiring to us women and can really show us what our potential is. If they can do it, so can you. Have an amazing day. I hope you love this episode. If you loved it, please leave a review. Please leave some stars for me. I would really appreciate it and share it on social media. I love seeing you guys tag me in your social media posts at Mari Juliet. It's at M-A-R-I-J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E. That's on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and now here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This is the Evolution of Confidence. Have an amazing day and rock this week.